I'd like to welcome all of you to our online worship today. It is good for us to be together. Um, we're having one of these days where I'm recording at home, and so if you hear a friendly little dog named Chauncey barking, um, that would be where that comes from. I'm sure he is also very excited to worship with us today. We begin our time together in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart, We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all of our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, your Son came into the world to free us from all sin and death. Breathe upon us the power of your Spirit that we may be raised to new life in Christ and serve you in righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. If you were to keep watch over sins, O Lord, who could stand? Yet with you is forgiveness, in order that you may be feared. I wait for you, O Lord. My soul waits, and your word is my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who keep watch for the morning, more than those who keep watch for the morning. O Israel, wait for the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love. With the Lord there is plenteous redemption. For the Lord shall redeem Israel from all their sins. And this is the Holy Gospel according to John, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of... It was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill, so the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. 
Accordingly, though, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. After having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then, after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and are you going to go there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench, because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. 
Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. There's a lot to love about this text, and there's a lot that's really hard about this story. It can be hard to hear the stories of Jesus doing incredibly miraculous things as we have for the past couple of weeks, and again today with him raising Lazarus from the dead. And then we look around at our world and wonder where the heck these incredible miracles are today. It can be hard to hear about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, and then when we ask God for something that sounds much less involved, it doesn't seem to happen. War is still raging between Russia and the Ukraine. Our own loved ones have still died. We still got the diagnosis. We didn't do as well on our test as we had wanted. And so many other small miracles that we beg God for, and God does not seem to answer them. It's easy and very human of us to get caught up in that feeling of, you know, Jesus, that's really great and all that you raised Lazarus from the dead. But what about my miracle? My miracle that is nowhere near as big of a thing as bringing someone back from the dead. Why is this thing that I've faithfully asked for somehow less important to you? I have felt this way before, and I'm sure you all have at some point as well. But here's the thing we sometimes forget when we hear this story and other miracle stories like it. Lazarus, as well as anyone else who was ever healed by Jesus, still died. Lazarus's body still aged, his body still eventually failed him, and he still died at some other point in time. His family still mourned him after he died. The healing and the miracle that he received from Jesus, while important, did not make Lazarus immortal or superhuman. It transformed him and transformed those who witnessed the miracle, but it did not make him immune to other hardships in life. It did not make him immune to death. It was not some silver bullet quick fix. And in fact, I would like to suggest that the physical manifestation of Lazarus being raised from the dead is the least important part in today's story. And instead, I might suggest that the most important part of this story is the transformation that Jesus brings to Lazarus, to Mary, to Martha, to all who are gathered there and to us. In verse 23, we read that Jesus said to Martha, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. So what we lose in our English translation of these verses is that Jesus is telling Martha and all who can hear him that he is the resurrection and the life for them right now. And even though there is death of all kinds all around, right now Jesus is giving life so that right now you will never die. Jesus wants those gathered at Lazarus's grave, wants us today to know that the resurrection and the life that he brings is not confined to some unknown day in the future, but it is real for Lazarus, for Mary, for Martha, for those gathered at the tomb, and it is real for you right now. 
We know the death, the exhaustion, the fatigue that is all around us. We know the pain of burying a loved one. We know the worry about the rising costs of living. We know the exhaustion that comes at this point in the school year. We know the stress that comes when our bodies change or don't seem to work the way that they used to or in the ways that we want them to. We know the draining and demanding schedules that never seem to stop. We know the worries and fears for what the future will bring for ourselves and those we love. And to all of this and to so much more, Jesus says, right now, today, I bring you resurrection and life. And this resurrection and life that Jesus brings and is bringing is not some quick fix that magically takes all the pain away. Through the cross, the resurrection and life that Jesus brings is about transformation. Through the cross, Jesus promises to be there with us in all that we endure and promises you resurrection and life right now. And that comes through so many things. We know the resurrection and life of Jesus through a loved one who calls us or texts us to see how we are doing. We know the resurrection and life of Jesus as we see the flowers start to come up and hear the birds chirping again. We know the resurrection and the life of Jesus when we give to places that need our assistance. And we know the resurrection and life of Jesus through our worship together. Beloved, our life of faith is not transactional, where if we pray the right way or do the right thing, we will somehow be more loved by God and then get the things we ask for. Instead, our life of faith is transformational, where daily you are transformed in big and small ways by Jesus's immense love for you. And this is a transformation and a love that was concretely promised to you in your baptism, is daily renewed, and is with you through the highs and the lows of life, and is with you until death and beyond. And it is with you right now. Amen. Let us sing together the hymn, What Wondrous Love Is This?
Living together in trust and hope, let us confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now, may Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. Jesus meets you on the way. Thanks be to God.